As they walked up to the entrance to the Mora factory, they felt nervous inside, not for themselves, but for their green crystal. They had no idea how they were going to get to it before it was moulded with the rest of the gold into a gold block. Getting into the factory was easy. As usual with the Mora, nobody seemed to even notice they were there. They walked up a long and narrow set of concrete steps. They could hear the whirring and clunking of the factory on the other side of the wall, but they couldn't see it yet. When they got to the top of the steps, there was a door, and as they walked through the door, they saw they were on a balcony overlooking the entire factory floor. The smell was overwhelming, and it made them cough and splutter as they looked out. It took a moment for them to realise what they were looking at. There was so much going on, so much movement, so much noise, so much smell. They could see where the gold was brought in. First of all, it was dumped into a water bath and washed. Then it was sent up a conveyor belt and was sorted into different qualities and sizes. Then all of those pieces went in different directions and were melted in different big vats. Then the liquid gold was poured out the other side and moulded into gold blocks. It was all moving surprisingly fast and they were desperately trying to see if they could spot their crystal. They couldn't, they saw so much gold go past, but that green glow that they were all looking out for just didn't seem to appear. The Mora workers worked with such focus and dedication. It was like watching a colony of ants from all the way up there on the balcony. Oh, it's a bit pongy in here, said Sniz. And so loud! How can they work here like this every day? They seem to enjoy or something. They never seem to take breaks. I think it's not exactly enjoyment, said Arthur. I think they feel they have to do it. Oh, maybe we should make friends with some of them at some point and teach them how to have a bit of fun, said Sniz. This has got to be so boring. Oren was just about to answer Sniz when Arthur spotted something. Look, he said, look. I can see something there. It's glowing green. Can you see? They all looked in the direction that Arthur was pointing in, and indeed, there was a glowing green light. It must be the crystal, but how do we get to it? All the way down there, they could see that it had just been tipped into the area where they washed all the gold. One moment they could see it, and it was there, shining, and next it had ducked under the water and was covered by the gold, and then it bobbed up again and they could see it, and then it disappeared again, and so it went on as it was swirled around the washing tank. Then it got pushed up onto the conveyor belt and started to go up to the sorting area. We have to do something, said Arthur, quickly. But what can we do, said Sniz. We've got to stop the machines, said Arthur. But but how are they running? How do they power these things? If we don't know how to power them, then we won't know how to stop them. All three of them frantically looked around. They were all looking to see if there was a plug or a socket or anything, any clue as to how these machines were powered. And then Arthur spotted something. Look, he said, you see those big vats where they're melting the gold. Well, at the bottom there, there's a tap and there's some mora and they're collecting this funny murky liquid that's coming out of the bottom. And look, look, follow them with your eyes. They're taking it around the corner and they're putting it back into the machines. I think that's the fuel. I think that's how they're powering everything, he said. The three of them clambered down the ladder onto the factory floor. As usual, the Mora ignored them. We must wait until there's no Mora at the tap, said Arthur, and then we must find something to plug the tap up with. 
That will stop the liquid from flowing, and it should halt all of the machines. Just then, Amora came by, and they filled up a big bucket full of this murky liquid and walked away. Arthur pulled his own shoe off, and he ran up to the tap and shoved it deep into the nozzle. That should do it, he said. It may not work forever, but it should work for long enough. Next time the Mora came round, he opened the tap, but only a dribble came out. Huh? he said with confusion, and he tapped the side of the vat as though it might do something. Nothing happened. Huh? he said again. He walked over and tapped one of the other Mora on the shoulder and pointed towards the vat, and they came over too, and they opened the tap, and nothing came out. Huh? he said, and they both looked at each other, scratching their heads with confusion. Meanwhile, their crystal had been sorted with some of the gold, and it was heading off towards the melting vat. But luckily, as they couldn't fuel the system again, the conveyor belt slowed down. It was still moving towards the vat, though, and they were so worried. But it slowed down, slowly, slowly, and it ground to a halt. There was their crystal, right at the top of the conveyor belt, just about to go into the melting vat. Look, it's all the way up there, said Arthur. How can we get to it? Here, take off your other shoe, said Sniz. Arthur took his shoe off and he handed it to Sniz, and Sniz closed one eye and stuck his tongue out. He was aiming the shoe for the crystal. Just do it already, said Arthur, who couldn't bear the suspense. Sniz threw the shoe and it soared through the air. His aim was good and it hit the crystal, but for a moment the crystal wobbled right on the edge of the vat. Would it fall in, or would it fall out? To everyone's relief, it fell towards them and not into the vat. The crystal came falling through the air and Sneers ran as fast as he could to try and catch it in his hands. But dear old Sneers, being Sneers, tripped over a whole big pile of gold blocks. Ow! He shouted as he fell to the ground. The crystal landed in a freshly poured out tray of gold. As did Sniz. Oh no, where's the crystal? He shouted, feeling around in the lukewarm gold. Where is it? I can't find it. Oh no, I've lost it. Oh, boogies, I've lost it. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I think I've gone and lost it. As he was splashing about in the gold trying to find it, he didn't realise that he himself was becoming more and more covered in gold. In fact, Sniz wasn't the first to notice how gold he was for a whole factory full of Mora workers looked at him with adoration and amazement. They said, and they all gathered around him and started to poke him and stroke him. Despite being absolutely heartbroken that they'd lost their crystal, they couldn't help but laugh to see all these confused Mora circled around Sniz, and an even more confused Sniz in the middle of it all. Orin and Arthur didn't let themselves be distracted for too long. They knew they had to keep an eye on that crystal. Even though they couldn't see the crystal, they knew which tray it was in. They'd seen it fall in, and they'd seen Sniz fall with it. Just then, the big mould scoop came down, and it scooped up the liquid. As it did this, Orin spotted something. He saw a flash of green light. There, he said, it's in that one. It's in, in that one. And he pointed to one that was just towards the end. It started to be carted away on a trolley and they couldn't get to it in time. Oren took off his shoe and he threw it at the moulds. 
he managed to hit the corner of the block that had the crystal in. It was not yet solid, and his shoe made an indentation on the block, leaving it with an imperfection that would make it distinguishable from the rest. I hit it, said Oren. Now at least, if we ever find that block back again, we'll recognise it and it won't look like all of the rest. At that point, they looked round to see Sniz, who was being completely tickled by the Mora. <laughs> he kept saying. Come on, Sniz, they said. We have to find a way to get into the gold stores. They grabbed Sniz by the hand and they ran towards the gold store, but then they realised that all the Mora were following them. Sniz, said Arthur. I think you've attracted some unwanted attention. There's no way we can sneak through those doors unnoticed now. We're going to have to go outside. We're going to have to rethink and we're going to have to try and wash that gold off of you if we're going to have any chance of success, he said. And so they gathered up their shoes and they ran for the factory door with a lot of Mora following them. And when they came outside the factory door, they quickly snuck around the corner. They watched the poor, confused Mora walking out going, As they were looking, which direction could Sniz possibly have gone in? (laughs) Chuckled Sniz. Oh, Sniz, you should see yourself. You're like a magnificent golden beast, said Oren. Well, thank you very much said Sniz, with a chuffed little smile. But I did lose the crystal, though, didn't I? He said, suddenly feeling sorry for himself. You got it off the top, Sniz. If it wasn't for you getting it off the top, we would have no idea where it is. But now we know that it's at least in the block of gold that has my shoe print on it. Oh, Sniz, don't be too hard on yourself. We all tried our best, and we will find it. Yeah, I hope so said Sniz. But look at me, I'll go nowhere near a Mora without them wanting to touch me. It's a bit strange, you know. And they all laughed so much. Oh, Sniz, said Oren. I think it's going to be okay, you know. I think it's going to be useful. I think you could distract the Mora in ways that nobody else ever could. I don't think about it, said Sniz. I suppose my little mishap might come in handy after all. And after that, they walked to the edge of the gold dump and they sat down. Night was falling and they looked up at the stars and then they looked down at the gold around them. It's all pretty magical, really, isn't it? Said Sniz. I mean, we're sat on a huge big rubbish dump of gold. It is pretty magical, isn't it? The others said. As the twinkling of the stars reflected off the gold around them, they just sat there, taking it all in. <laughs> 